Welcome to the book review where I listen to books and summarize what I have learned. My name is Areej Ahmed and today I will be talking about a book called The Secrets of Self-Figure Women by Barbara Stanny. Um, I really, I enjoyed it. So um, this author, what she did is she interviewed over 150 uh, women who are successful and uh, in their business and she basically interviewed them to see how they got, you know, how they got to be where they are. And what's interesting is she also um, interviewed those who are getting underpaid or who are overworked. And she put that category, uh, one of them were nurses and I'm a nurse. And I was like, oh my God. And the thing is, in I mean, for me to be a nurse, it wasn't because of the money. I loved to care about people. I, I love being with people who are sick and just it it makes me I don't know it it just it's very rewarding for me um so it wasn't a lot about the money but you know what after I have had my kids and I realized I'm not getting paid enough to be able to you know have my kids let's say go to daycare and being able to do nursing and to come back and take care of them because what I found is that when I'm doing if I go, if I continue to do nursing, then all my money will literally go to taking care of, you know, um, my kids in daycare. So that's when I realized I'm not making enough to, you know, do both, you know. And now with this whole COVID and the amount of things as a nurse that we have to do, we are really are overworked. It's exhausting and we're not getting paid what we deserve. And it's interesting how, you know, when she said it, I was just like, oh my God, I totally agree. Um, so, okay, so here's what I've learned. She basically was talking about how there are completely different mind shift. The way the um, those women who are earning, you know, six-figure, seven-figure income um, versus the ones who are barely, you know, just doing it paycheck to paycheck, the way they think is different, you know? So, um that and okay so i'm going to talk more about the successful you know those who are able to achieve what they want to achieve and and have you know um a lot of wealth so um um, okay so they are constantly learning that's 30 percent of learning now it's interesting she said 30 percent because right now i'm finding myself like all the time that I have, I just want to learn. So I would say maybe like, I don't know, 80%. I'm just like reading and listening. Um, and that's necessarily, that's not necessarily a good thing. Because I realize I'm just learning so much knowledge. Um, but am I acting on it? Am I actually doing something about it? And that's what I need to work on. So it's interesting. She said only 30% is learning. The rest is action. Um, they are not afraid. You know, they like the, you know, the, the being afraid or the failure is 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 not something they're afraid of um they want to fail because they know if they fail the next time they're not going to fail and the next time they're going to succeed um they want to be uncomfortable because if they're comfortable then that means they're not moving and they're not going to get any higher now this is interesting because for somebody who's not making the money they want and yet they don't want to do anything that's uncomfortable then they're not going to move anywhere so if I want to be able to do something great in my life, then I actually have to do something that's making me uncomfortable because only then I will grow, which then eventually 
what's uncomfortable becomes comfortable now, you know? So um, it's interesting the way she put it. So uh, the other thing is, um, you know, these people, they tend to love challenges. Um, they want to make decisions that are scary, that makes them nervous, um, because after that, that feeling is great, and it could become addictive too. Um, the other thing is, uh, so a lot of these women, they said that they try not to compete by money by saying that, okay, um, I want to make this much, I want to make this much, because it becomes exhausting and it never ends you know, it's like, okay, so you reach that goal, now what, let's make a seven-figure income, let's make eight-figure income, and then just keep adding those zeros, but it just doesn't end, so what they, I mean, what most of them kept talking about is they would rather focus not on the money, but more of the impact that um, they are providing, Uh, so more of the contents or more of the products that they're doing, Uh, and this is interesting, Um, I like the statement that God provides all these different foods for the birds, but never really, but never into the nest. So the bird always have to go out and seek right, but they always come back full. So, and same with us, we have the willpower to do anything we want. You know, um, God, Allah has given us all of that, but what are we doing with it? Are we actually going out there to see what we can, you know, what we can do, what we can get out of it? And that comes um, up to us. Um so basically, we need to work uh, towards it. There's, um, there was this one um, uh, lady, she was saying about how um, there were times where things, she was so depressed and things were not working out. And she thought, oh my God, I'm going to die. This is so embarrassing. Or, um, you know, there's nothing to live for. Or this is ridiculous. And then she thought, okay, well, let's die now. She's like, man, I'm not dying. I'm still alive. Okay, well, I got to do something then. So let's just go head on to this problem and see what I could do. And from that, she over, you know, overcome this um, pre- uh, bankruptcy and all those issues she had. And now she looks back at it as if I have dealt with that, I can deal with anything else. And that sort of gave her that power to even be stronger than herself. And all of them... Um, you know, uh, those that uh, Barbara has interviewed, they all tend to compete within themselves, you know, that I did so much better and I want to be able to do better next year. And they all compare to themselves. They all have mentors. So not necessarily physical mentor, somebody that's right beside them, but even those that they would watch on YouTube or just constantly just hear, hear them on podcasts or all that stuff, um, or even read books from them or just watch how they talk, how they deal with things. Um, they always have someone they can look up to um, to be able to compare to and, and achieve to be the best of who they are. Um, a lot of them have uh, coaches that help them be able to change that mind shift, you know, uh, change their mindset. And they talked a lot um, about that, basically, because you can be in the, the, the same thinking for a long period of time that's not helping you move that needle. Um, this is interesting that women um, tends to cope while men ask for help. Oh my God, how true is that? Um you know, it's, I, I didn't know, I mean, I knew I, I knew, but I just didn't know it was that bad. She talked about, you know, the inequality um, in terms of pay with men and women. Um, 
the thing is, I know in when I worked in the Middle East, it was like that. It, everybody got paid differently depending on where you're from, depending on your passport. Because I was Canadian, I was getting paid really high as a nurse. Um, but somebody who's from Egypt or Philippines or Indian would get paid the lowest. And it would be a huge difference. Oh my God, like it would be 10 times more. But the thing is, everybody was happy because compared to where you came from, um, it's, it is more than what you would have got you know, so somebody who is from the Philippines, they would not have got that money, um, they are getting way more than if they were in the Philippines, so, but in the end, but when we talk about, and, and of course, they, you know, told us not to talk about it, and we had to sign not to talk about our salary, but it didn't last, I mean, we all in the end knew, um, and I mean, it, uh, like, it's just, I mean, everyone was happy I and mean, everyone was still working um, and it was fine, but uh, that was sort of agreed on. But I just didn't know it could also happen here in Canada or in the U.S. where, like she talked about how one lady would get $1 million, which of course is, is a lot, um, in, a, in a year, while the guy would get 10, like what, 10 million a year. And they would be doing the same job, um, and, but the thing is, it was... It was like they would get different clients. It's because you're a woman. Oh, I'll have to give you, you know, this client versus, oh, wait, this is a tough client. Let me give that to a male. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, a lot of the women were talking about how the inequality of it. And then top that to a black woman and how she says, I just laugh about it. She goes, because um, it can basically, she doesn't want, she's, I mean, there's no other things to do but to laugh about it, which is sad. But um, and that's why a lot of them talk about how they don't like to work in a corporate um, environment. They would rather, you know, be doing their own business and make their own rules and their own time and, and stuff like that. There was this, uh, you know, there was a sad story about this one lady. She said that how she basically, she found herself, you know, dressing um, even like, she looked like dressing like a suit, acting like sort of like tough, like the guys and, and doing, you know, and, and working extra hard just to be noticed and to be just as great. And in the end, there was this guy she really liked. And when she wanted to approach him and talk to him and all that stuff, he didn't find her attractive at all because he saw her to be as like one of the guys. And that's when it hit her. She was like, what am I doing? She's like, I don't want to compete with this politics and, and do all this. In the end, the pay is still, it doesn't even equal to them and all that stuff. So it was, it was just, you know, I guess as a sad reality, I just didn't know. And I guess as a healthcare worker, that's not the case, right? Um, because we're unionized, everybody gets paid the same way and physicians will get paid the same way, just depending on the clients and stuff. But I guess everything else is, is not like that. Um, what else? Um, so the, a lot of them, these women talked about how it was a huge asset to have their spouse um, being supportive and how that would add to their success. And those who didn't have a husband or a spouse that was not um, supportive, they found that, you know how we all go through this imposter syndrome where we feel like, oh my God, can I really do this? Am I really good enough? Um, when they have a spouse that does not support them, it feeds into that 
and then it just makes it a lot more harder and what's sad is when a woman tends to make a lot more than the men usually apparently divorce rate gets higher so they found out that nowadays a lot of women are having um, more jobs and more high paying jobs um, than ever before but because of that they're also finding out there's a uh, could it be a relation of divorce? It's been been a lot of divorce rate as well. Um, but when the woman becomes, I mean, when the woman gets gets a high pay, the men tends to uh, feel jealous or um, I don't know. Problems happen and divorce, you know, occur. So this one lady she talked about how. Um, you know, when she basically said, listen, I'm going to continue to work and I'm going to continue making more money and I'm not going to, you know, um, stop because, you know, because you're feeling uncomfortable. You know that I am ambitious and this is what I want to do. So it is who I am. So either accept it or, you know, or, or, or leave it like, or just leave me. And thankfully he was like, he took it as a challenge and said, you know what? I'll make more than you. And eventually they they basically competed and she said, I've always been making more than him and, and that's been good. Um, and, and it's been okay. But the, but then there are those women who said that um, when they became successful, their spouse basically um, you know, turned against them and um, it became bad that they had to, they basically filed a divorce. So that's, that's pretty sad, eh? It's interesting. I talked to my husband about it. I'm like, hey, if I, you know, find a way and, and become like a millionaire or whatever would you feel jealous and obviously this is the worst that's not how you're supposed to ask the questions because in the end it depends on the action right it's not about i mean they could always say oh yeah no, I, i'll feel you know i'll be happy but in the end when it happens it's like oh my god it's actually happening how could she you know doing a lot more but he was just laughing he was like yes then i would retire you know um but it's interesting how um because it, it's and the reason being is because men tend to think like I'm the man I should be making the money what do you mean you're making more than me you know and I guess it comes down to that that's pretty sad um so I, I knew about this that um when you have a product or you know of course you want to sell that it is actually it makes sense to make the price higher than lower and people tend to buy a course that's um high or product that's a high price because then it would mean it's worth more yeah, that blows my mind. Um, what else should I mention? So uh, they talked a lot about how, um, you know, it, it's not about, you know, making money, right? There's there's a show apparently called Millionaire that went broke. And it, it's just knowing that you can be a millionaire, but guess what? It's not about, it's easy apparently to make money, but it is hard to manage money, to actually keep it. And that's the issue. So, um so that's what she started looking into asking the, uh, you know, the next set of interviews about that. Um, and the common thing was you need to spend less and save more. Um, and because in the end, when you're making money, it's not permanent. This is important because especially for the woman, um, it doesn't usually last for too long, whether it's because she gets, you know, children or, um, I don't know, just various things that could happen. Um, so it's so important to be consistent and to always uh, pay yourself first. So how should you manage your money first? Um, pay yourself. So think of it this way. When you get a big lump sum of money, and do you, do you think that all that money is yours? 
No, it's not. Think about it. So let's say you get $2,000, okay? Um, and you're thinking, yay, that's $2,000 for me. No, it's not. You have to pay your bills. You got to pay the grocery. You got to pay, um, I don't know, whatever um, things that you have to pay, or whether it's your rent or mortgage or or, or um, all these things. Just like, and now, when you start spending that 2000 around to all the places that needs to be given, then in the end, it's like, oh, I have nothing. And that's the problem. So when you have, let's say, that two grand, first you need to keep some for yourself. Let's say starting off with two hundred, then give the rest to whatever allocate to wherever it needs to go. Then if you find, hey, I have more than the following month, say you're going to give yourself four hundred, then start lo- um, allocating it to the rest of you know whatever that needs to go. Okay. The other thing, so first pay uh, pay yourself first. Second is spend less and save more. Um, so this comes down, this is why it's so important to write down where you're spending your money. Because if you find that you're spending more on takeouts, then you want to spend less on that. If you find yourself spending more on clothes, then you want to spend less on that, right? Um, and be able to, and in that way, and that's how you'll be able to save more. Uh, the other thing, and then the third is have money work for you. Meaning that don't just keep the money in the bank. Like, do something that will actually make more money, right? Because um, uh, because we know that the $100 today is not going to be the same $100 five years from now, right? The other thing um, they talked about is debt. They all made sure that they have no debt. Um, and that if we do, that we need to make sure we get rid of that first. Because once that's clear, then you're able to think of, great things that you can do for yourself. Um, Otherwise, this debt really weighs you down. So what should you do? Look for a counselor or um, books to help you out or support group. Um, That could even be anonymous of how people deal with it um, and slowly, slowly uh, try to figure out what what to do. Um, Stop using credit card. Actually freeze it. (laughs) Apparently, you you know, just uh, cutting the card or actually freezing it, putting it in a freezer and just not using it. She said, what did they do? They actually put it in a water and, and um, like in a cup and actually freezing it and taking the ice and, and putting it in the in the freezer. I don't know how they actually iced it. But anywho, it's frozen in the freezer and they would never touch it. Interesting. Um, the other thing is... Um, uh, looking at your credit cards and actually seeing what are the percentage for the uh, for the interest and or choosing a card that has low fees really important um, and and usually with investing I find that I only started investing because I found myself I have time I'm not um, you know when I had time and I wanted to learn that's when I was able to like uh, make time to be able to learn about investing and start investing. So I find that if, if you don't, it's usually because you're so busy or you're just um, overloaded with so many things that you're just like, oh my God, investing is just so much work. But really, it, it's something that um, we definitely need to start doing. Either you're going to do it yourself or finding somebody else to do it for you. But highly recommended that um, you do it for yourself. So um, save more. How do we do it? First, you need to be consistent. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, okay, I, I, you know, I saved 500, but it's about, you know, let's say you're able to save 100 and constantly doing it. That's the key. Um, 
And and how to do that is make it automatic. So as soon as you get your paycheck, let the bank automatically be able to take it and put it right to where it needs to be in your um, saving accounts. Um, always start off with uh, TFSA, um, which is the tax-free saving account. So um, and that should be like three months of your um, of your monthly you know, expenses, whether your rent and bills and all of that stuff, whatever you're spending in a month times it by three. And that is what you should have for, um, for your emergency fund. Um, and then look, and then starts, and then start, um, investing on that. Um, and it, it was interesting because apparently we live longer now, but we save less, which does not make sense. Um, and if you want to help people, then we need to start by making money. Um, then you're able to save more and make big, um, no, wait, wait, hold on, let me say it right. Okay. If you want to be able to help more people, then you need to start by making more money because when you're making more money, you have the opportunity to be able to give more and be able to make big changes. And that is it with that. Uh, until next time, talk to you later. Bye.